Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. If you're a guest, if you're new, if you're just coming in, by the way, if you are a guest and if you're new and you're just coming in, you're smart. You're in a good place. Amen. You're in a great place in a great church. Can somebody please say at least help me with that? All right. Thank you. Amen. I, I believe it's true, but today we're starting a 21-day fast. And the reason we're so excited is because fasting does something. And I want to begin to just get you this. I, I want to kind of almost be that coach before we go out to play the game today. And I want to pump you up and excite you about what's coming. Now, in a, as a coach in a game, he would, he would tell the plans, and this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to win this game. And then there's going to be a halftime part where they have to come back in, make some adjustments, and say, we need to do this better. We need, we need to fix this. But at the end, we're going to win this game. But there's going to be some tackles. There's going to be some hits. There's going to be some problems. There's going to be some ups and downs. That's all happens in fasting. But I'm telling you, from experience, fasting is powerful. So all of you today are, uh, have the opportunity to participate in this fast. It starts today, January 8th, and it ends January 28th. And we are doing this fast together as a fellowship. And when I say together as a fellowship, I want you to understand the power of that. That means that around the world, in many different countries, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of people and you just saw those 14 people in Nicaragua as a very small sample size all over the world fasting with us for the next 21 days can anybody realize how powerful that is anybody realize how much God can do through this fast and I want you to look at this sign behind me and I want you to see that word miracle and I want you to see that God is a miracle worker. And I want you to begin to believe for your miracle in these 21 days. And not just a miracle, but miracles. Amen. How many believe God is going to do miracles? Miracles, miracles, miracles. There's going to be so many miracles. And I say this because of experience. From every year we do this as a fellowship. So many miracles, we will not have time for all the testimonies. We will have testimonies, but there'll be miracle after miracle after miracle. And what I want you to do this morning is I don't want you to miss out on this. Okay, don't, don't, don't let this pass you by because this is an opportunity. Don't, don't say, you know what, I, I, I can't really do this or I don't want to do this. I'm going to let somebody else do it. You can do that, but you're going to miss out on the blessing. And so this morning, I want to give you some words, and I want to give you some scriptures, and I want to give you some proof that fasting works, and why we fast, and all these different things. But real quick, I want to tell you that on, in the Welcome Center, we have a few things that go along with this fast. Uh, thank you to our home church in Colorado Springs for providing a lot of this stuff to us. We've got some really cool stickers, continue our sticker, a monthly sticker thing that says, He's the God of Miracles, Victory World Outreach. Uh, these are all as supplies last. As soon as they're gone, they're gone. Another thing is a really nice bookmark with all kinds of things that says faith to live by. We took a bunch of quotes and things to, to challenge us during this fast. Put this in your Bible during this fast and use it for that. We also have prayer requests out there. And what we're going to do is over here on this wall where it says God is a miracle worker, we're going to take these prayer requests and we're going to hang them off of some string and, and people can come and pray over them. So you can take them home and pray over them. You can pray over them however you want, but we're going to make them available so that people can pray for your prayer request as well. Amen? And then finally we have a very nice pamphlet called I Believe in Miracles. And this has 
stuff for the 21 days, things you can mark off. Some people, really, you know, we like to be really organized and say, I've done this, checklist. And so this is available as well. And uh, also has just different things about types of prayer, devotion suggestions, ways you can fast, all this stuff. Um, a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about today is there and even more information. Because some people come in and say, I, what is a fast? And you don't know. And so I want to give you some good information this morning. Amen. So get your Bibles open to Matthew 6. We're going to look at that in just a second. But I want you to write a few words down. Three words. I want you to write down release, restoration, and reward. Release, restoration, and reward. That is what happens during a fast. And I'll explain that in just a minute. Now I want you with your notes to make a really big word with capital letters, bigger than all your other words. And I'm going to give you one key word for a successful fast. This is a word that has to be involved, okay? If you don't have this one word, you, you can fast, but it will not be successful. You can participate, but you will waste your time. And that one word is attitude, okay? If you don't have the right attitude about fasting, you're wasting your time. It's just not going to go well, okay? Um, and, th- and I want to I tell you today that, that I, mean, I feel like I'm giving you, uh, I, I don't even know if we have a background, but I forgot to tell the title in the first service, that it's the secret of fasting. Okay, how many like secrets? And when I say secrets, not not that kind of secret. Okay, we don't need those. We don't. That's gossip. Amen. Not those. I'm talking about this, like a secret that nobody else knows, except today everybody's everybody's gonna know it. But it means that there's something that somebody else isn't doing, and attitude is everything. So if you're gonna fast and you're gonna say, okay, I'm in, I'm gonna do this, but you're gonna have a bad attitude about it, just don't waste your time. Don't, don't be grouchy for no reason. You know, don't be grouchy. Uh, have the right attitude because your attitude is so important. Because, and I don't, I don't have it in my notes, but you can write this down as well. Isaiah 58, you can go read that later, talks about the attitude of a fast. And it's, it, it, the attitude you have towards fasting is just as important as fasting itself. Because even along with giving, God said, I don't want a, grudge, a grudging, uh, uh, I'm not using the um, right word there. What's the word? Giver. Um, yeah, gr- I said grudging, right? Okay, so gr- I, don't want, I don't want you to give with a grudging heart, a grudgeful heart. So he's saying if you're going to give, don't even give it if you're going to give with the wrong attitude. If you're going to be feeling like you have to do it, don't do it. So the attitude we have towards this fast is really important. But the cool thing about God is he says this in his word as a promise. And he says if you'll do what I'm going to teach you today, you can expect miracles. We've been talking for the last few weeks specifically about why would we ever do anything and not expect something back? Why would you, you don't go to work and not expect a check. You don't go to the gym to work out and not expect your body to be healthier. Anything you do in life, you expect something to happen. We should not fast on this fast and not expect God to do miracles. We should expect miracles to happen. We should expect growth to happen in our, in our lives. We should expect things we ask for to take place because that's how God works. Amen? Now I want you to look at Matthew 6, and we're going to read a few verses here, but I want to ask a question. How many have ever heard, I actually mentioned it at prayer, don't count that, you've ever heard of 30, 60, or 100-fold blessing? Or return. Have you heard that? Let me see your hands if you've heard that in the Bible. Okay. It's in, it's in Mark chapter 8. But I, I, I believe I have a, a revelation on this, a thought on this that's, that's very powerful. Because if you've ever heard that, and we just prayed it there, you say, 
if I sow seed, God will give me back a return. It says some 30, it says some 60, and it says some 100-fold. You don't have to raise your hand, but many wonder, how do I get a 100-fold return? And I'm not telling you I have the exact answer this morning. I'm telling you I have a possibility that I believe is very possible of how to get a 100-fold return. So let's look at what this says. These are Jesus' words, and I'm going to teach this to you. He's going to talk about three things. He's going to talk about giving. He's going to talk about praying, and he's going to talk about fasting. Okay? Now, if he talks about these three things, how many know they're important? Nothing Jesus says is a waste of time. And he says, I want to teach you three things, and we have the greatest teacher in the world. And he says, here's what you do. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds, or in other words, your giving, before men, to be seen by them. Other words, otherwise, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, don't sound a trumpet before the hypocrites, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, and they may, may have glory for them. He says, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, when you give, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, I'm going to give you some teaching things this morning. That doesn't mean that you can't be accountable on your tithe envelope and, and say your amount and your, and your name, especially if you're serving in the ministry and you want to be accountable with your giving. That's not what this is saying. This is saying don't walk around and show people what's on your tithe envelope. And boast about it and what you gave and compare it to somebody else's giving. That's, that's, we, we can't take things out of context. And so it's not that he's saying that no one will ever know. I, I give my money and no one needs to know about my name. And There's an accountability in the things of God. Amen? Especially for our church people that serve. We want to know that our church people are doing these things. Okay? As leaders. Then it says that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. And when you pray, now first, so we saw there, number one was, was give, right? Number two, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to, to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And when you pray, go into your room. Now this is another thing. And he says, and we shut the door, pray to your Father in secret. I'm trying to teach our guys, for example, that to be leaders in prayer and, and let people learn from them how they pray. So like in the prayer room and stuff, to not, not shout and scream, but, but to pray out loud, to be bold, to let people hear your prayers so that they can learn how to pray. How will you ever know how to pray if you don't hear somebody pray? So that's not saying that you, that you don't pray in public because we do that every service. But again, he's showing the attitude of prayer. That I'm not doing public prayer to be seen. In other words, when I'm doing my prayer, I'm not looking around to see if anybody's going. Or, you know, looking for a, re a reaction because I'm praying to the Lord. Okay? So he says, go into your room, and we should all have a room. We should all have a place, a bathroom, a closet, a spare room, uh, whatever. A room that you go to, hopefully on a daily basis. And you spend time with God in prayer. And he says, when you shut your door, pray to your father who's in secret, in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen? And when you pray, now he's going to teach us how to pray. 
Don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. This is why when we pray, we don't read a prayer in the sense of reading the same prayer every service. There are some churches and denominations that read the same prayer every week, all the time. How many know that if I said the same message every Sunday, it might get a little bit boring? Can you imagine if I preached the same message every Sunday? Same verses, same words, same title, okay? There has to be some interaction. So God does not want your repetitive words. He wants your heart. So it doesn't mean that you can't ever read a prayer. It means that he wants you to pray from your heart. Don't pray in vain repetitions or definitely don't pray somebody else's prayer. If somebody wrote a prayer down and they were going to pray it, that's their prayer. So we pray our own prayers. We make it personal. There's a relationship there. And it says they do this and they think they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore, don't be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you even ask Him. Then He goes, in this manner, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is another thing. Let me finish this prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's called the Lord's Prayer. Lots of people pray that prayer, and that's okay, but that can't be your only prayer. And lots of people pray that as their only prayer. I remember when I played basketball in Costa Rica, they would pray this prayer before the service, and it was like, they said it so fast you couldn't even understand what they were saying. It was a ritual to them. And after a while, I said, can I pray for this game? And they're like, yeah. I said, Lord Jesus, thank you for this game, and I began to pray from my heart. And they, the funny thing is, is they started asking me to pray for the games. Because they could tell there was a heartfelt prayer behind it. I wasn't, I'm not demising their prayer, but many of them don't even believe in God. Or don't have a prayer life. Are you following what I'm saying? God's looking for the relationship. God's looking for it to come from your heart. That attitude that we have towards prayer. Now, let's keep reading. And do not lead us into temptation. This finishes the prayer, sorry. But deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Now, notice that he just took, go ahead and go to the next verse. He just took all those verses and now 14, and he's making a, a big emphasis in the middle on how important prayer is. I hope that you realize this morning how important prayer is. Prayer, and you hear us talk about it a lot, the reason we have a fast, the reason we have a prayer room, the reason we have prayer meetings, the reason we have uh, the importance on prayer is because prayer is what moves God's hands. Prayer is what makes God do things, and he only moves through prayer, accompanied by faith. Now, attitude, again, say attitude, is so important because this part right here is very important. If you don't forgive, Jesus says, men their trespasses, your Father will not forgive you. I just want to give you a heads up. Not only the attitude, if you're going to have a bad attitude about fasting, don't do it. If you, don't, if you have unforgiveness towards somebody this morning, don't fast. Don't pray. Because when you have unforgiveness towards somebody, there is a ceiling over your prayers. You're wasting your time. I'm, I'm not saying this for me. I'm quoting Jesus. Because he said, if you forgive men their, their trespasses, your Father will forgive you yours. So in other words, if you don't forgive, he won't forgive you. So if we have an unforgiving heart and he's not forgiving us of our sins, our prayers are not being heard. So that's very important. Okay? Let's continue. Sorry, I just read that verse. Go to the next one. Moreover, now this is fast. This is three. 
We saw giving. We saw praying. We saw fasting. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. Walking around, I'm fasting. Are you fasting? I'm so weak. I'm so hungry. Everything smells so good. And suck in your cheeks so it looks like you're losing some weight, you know, and and you think to the other person, man, you look bad, and, you, and you're thinking, oh, you always look bad. <laughs> but then that causes another problem, right? Because then you, right, don't walk around, he says, don't walk around like that. Don't, they disfigure their faces so that they appear to men to be fasting. Some people can say they're fasting, they're not even fasting. He says, surely they have their reward. See how this is talking about the attitude? But when you pray, and I want to put emphasis on something. Have you noticed that he said, when you give? And then he said, when you pray. And then he said, when you fast. He didn't say if. Now, right before I read this last part of this verse, I want to I throw out an, a possibility. Is it possible that when God puts this emphasis, Jesus puts this emphasis on giving and praying and fasting. Let's just say giving is a 30-fold. Let's say praying is a 60-fold. And fasting and praying and giving is a 100-fold. Is it possible that if we're obeying all three of these things that God tells us to do, that that might be the way that we get a 100-fold return? Because that's total obedience. Amen? How many would like to get a 100-fold return in your life? On your giving, on your praying, on your fasting, on everything you do. And so I believe that this, I believe this is what, what God is asking us to do. Because those three areas are really important. And in the scripture in Mark, I told you, it's the parable of the seed and the sower. And the Bible says that some of the seed that gets planted is, is, is hard ground. Some, the cares of life takes it away. Some, the sun scorches it. And others, it falls into good ground. Giving and praying and fasting causes that ground to be good ground. So when we sow our seed, something happens. Amen? So he says, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face. Last verse. So that you don't appear to men to be fasting. Now, we all know we're fasting for this 21 days. Hopefully, we're all involved. I hope everybody gets involved. But So we don't have to go around and say, hey, are you fasting? Hey, are you fasting? Are you participating in the fast? We can encourage each other, but that's not what it's about. He says, to go, do it for your father, and your father who's in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen? So how many are looking for this return this morning? This is why we can be excited. Because I believe that, that, that it's possible that there might be blessings of God that have not been released yet because I haven't given, prayed, and fasted. There might be bondages in my life that have not been broken because I haven't given and prayed and fasted. There might be things in my life that I'm trying to see an answer come from and they haven't happened because I haven't got all three of these things right and, and say and, and done it with a good attitude. Amen? Because we fail to fast, we miss out on the power supernatural of God. Now, that, that word release, restoration, and reward. To make this simple for a lot of people, what is fasting? What exactly is fasting? Fasting is a lot of things. But obviously, number one, first and foremost, is food. It's food. Okay? It's food. It's not eating food and praying instead. 
The attitude you have behind this is the most important thing. Hopefully today, you may be a guest, you may be new, and you hadn't even known what was going on. But for those of us in the church, we knew this was coming. We've been announcing it. Hopefully you've got a plan. Hopefully you have thought out, here's how I'm going to fast. Here's what I'm going to do. Now the thing that's interesting about fasting is, and the reason food is the most important, is because we know that we can't live without food. So if we, if we go on a fast, we will die if we don't eat. And some people use that as a great excuse. Amen. <laughs> See, I can't fast because I'll die. But how many know you've got to go a few days without eating before you die? But there's something about this, and I'm going to tell you from your, being your pastor, if you don't know me, I love food. A lot. I really love food. So fasting is not easy for me. But I love the results. And I believe in the results. And I believe in the obedience. So there's different things that you can begin to set out. And you'll see it in the pamphlet as well. You can fast one meal. You can fast a whole day. You can fast until a certain time of the day. You can fast certain things. You might be going into this and say, you know what? I've got a problem with fast food. I'm going to fast fast food. I'm not going to eat fast food this entire 21 days. I'm not going to eat. I can tell you one thing that I'm doing for sure. I'll just throw, I didn't say this in the first service. One thing I'm doing for sure, and I'm not going to tell you everything, but one thing is I'm not going to eat any sweets. Because I'm not going to, just so you know, I'm not going to go 21 days without food. I'm just putting that out there. Okay? I would like to, but I can't. I don't know if I could do that. But I'm just being honest. Some of you are like, I'm doing the 21 days. I got this. I got, I'm doing the 21 days. I'm determined. But some of you have never fasted one day. I got news for you. You're not going to do 21 days. You can make all kinds of claims and all kinds of, have all kinds of ideas. If you've never fasted three days, you ain't going to get seven. It's a real serious thing. Now, there may be some people here, and I, would lo- I hope you do, that do 21 days. Praise the Lord. You're going to see some serious stuff. Serious stuff. But you might say, well, isn't it, aren't we supposed to not eat for 21 days? Some of you might have came in thinking, this is we're supposed to not eat for the tw- next 21 days. Try it. I would love to see you try it. I would love it. It's hard. But one thing you got to do is you got to do what the Lord tells you to do. And you got to stick to it. And you got to be consistent with it. And you got to have the right attitude about it. Water. Where's my water at? Sorry. I, I, I I want you to understand how important water is. Thank you, son. Some people don't drink enough water, but on a fast, you have to drink water have to. Now, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, but I read and I learn and I understand things. And, and basically, the way fasting works and why it's so beneficial is spiritually, you're telling your body that I'm in control. And the body's not. Because the body knows you better than you know yourself. And none of us in here, although there are some people that eat really good, none of us eat perfect. Nobody eats perfect. Lots of people eat really good. But when you don't eat good, fasting's even harder. Because you're going to have cravings that you've never had before. You're going to want things you've never even wanted before. Things that you don't even desire all of a sudden are going to be floating in front of your face on a fast. And you have to have mind control to say, devil and spirit and body, I'm in control by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm sticking with this. I'm abstaining from these things because I want to see God do something. But for example, 
When you start to fast and you miss a meal, let's say you do lunch or you do a whole day, did you know that your body knows what time you eat? Most of us live in routines. That doesn't mean those routines can't get messed up sometimes. But we live in routines. And so our body knows if you eat breakfast tomorrow at 8 a.m., your body at 8 a.m. tomorrow is ready to shoot the acid into your stomach to kill that food and break it down because it has a habit. So if tomorrow at 8 a.m., this is why we get stomach pains, tomorrow at 8 a.m., when you don't eat, if you chose breakfast for to not eat, your, your stomach acids by habit are going to start shooting into your body and to your stomach and functioning. You need to drink water. Water needs to be going at that time that you're eating that, that you would normally eat that meal. If I'm talking about drinking water all day, you need to drink eight of these a day. Okay? You know you're supposed to do that anyways. But during this fast, you need to be extra on the water because fit, fit, fasting is healing as well. And this is the best thing you can do to heal your body. Okay? So are you following me? You following my little doctor's moment here that I went to school for yesterday? Got a degree? The next time you go to eat, same thing, your body. So when the times that you normally eat, you've got to make sure that you're drinking water during those. Like, and you need to make sure that you're praying during those. The whole idea is to replace food with prayer. You're going to be at work. You're going to have different situations. And like you can have an hour prayer meeting, but you're praying instead of eating. That's the idea. Drinking lots of water. You can also do, some people say, I'm going to do a juice fast. The problem with juice fast is, you're, you're, again, you're shoot, your body's shooting out a lot of acid, and most juices have acid. So you have no food in your stomach, acid is shooting through your body, and then you're putting acid in your body. It's not, it's not good. So if you're going to do any kind of juices, cranberry juice is safe and actually very good for you during a fast because it replenishes. So that's something that you're not eating food, but you're eating, drinking cranberry juice or water, and you definitely don't want to do orange juice, and you definitely don't want to do pineapple juice. Okay, I'm just giving you guys some heads up. So the attitude is, okay, hey, I'm one of those people, one of those weird people that, that somebody came up to me, I won't say their name right now, but they came up to me before service, and I'm one of those from the first service, that it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you go, hey, what would you eat for lunch? And they go, oh, it's 4 o'clock? Oh, I didn't eat lunch. That's not me. <laughs> is anybody else nodding their head with me that that's not you? There is no way, I never have ever in my life gotten to 4 o'clock in the afternoon and had not thought of food. I'm just being honest. But there are some people that can do that. And then, so for them, maybe food's not what they need to fast. Because food's not a problem. Y'all following me? Maybe they need to fast social media. Maybe they need to fast news. Maybe they need to fast Whatever it is in your life that, that, you're, that controls your body. And, and, and you know, I'm going to go on record right now and tell the, the fact that a lot of people need to fast social media and then stay fasting it. Like forever, maybe. Amen? Like if you look back at your, we've talked about this before, at your, at your social media activity, and it is longer and greater than the time you spend with God in prayer and reading the Bible, you have a, I, I believe you have a problem. Because that's a disbalance, right? So what, what can I fast, Pastor? You can fast anything that the Lord puts on your heart to fast. How do I do it? However God tells you to do it. When do I do it? Whenever you and the Lord decide to do it. How many meals? However many meals you and the Lord decide to do. Y'all following me on that? It's not, well, let me, let me, what are you doing? Let's, let me, what your, what's your plan? 
You know, not, not that you can't talk about it to encourage each other, but don't copy somebody else's plan. Ask the Lord. Lord, what do you want me to fast? I already told you. I'm fasting desserts. I'm fasting sweets. I love sweets. If sweets had any nutritional value, I wouldn't eat food. I'm just being honest. If you know me, chocolate cake, cheesecake, ice cream, cookies, I could just live on it. So that's something I got to fast. And about tomorrow, <laughs> not even next week, about tomorrow, I'm going to be having major withdrawals. I'm going to want some sugar. But I'm fasting that. So whatever it is that you struggle with, that's something you can give to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm, I'm putting this to the side. And then the cool thing is it might actually take you into a place where it ma makes a habit and helps you do better overall and helps you get over something that might not be the best for you. How many are still here? Just give me a couple minutes to go through a couple verses here. Psalms 35, verse 13. As for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. There's a couple of key words here that are really important. Humble. Sackcloth and ashes during fasting. Sackcloth and ashes is symbolic of, of humility. Humility is another great attitude of fasting. Okay, so what you're doing is you're saying, I would rather uh, miss a meal than miss out on what God wants to do for me. And I humble myself because we've talked about this before. You never want to ask God to humble you. Can I get an amen? amen. Humble yourself because God can humble you. Amen. I would rather humble myself before God and let him exalt me than be exalted by men and have God humble me. Humility is attractive to God. And so I, when, I, when I'm fasting, I'm saying, God, I need food. I need this. I need that. This is important to me. But I'm making a statement that I don't, I'm, I'm putting that to the side. You are really my source. You know, you can get to that place when you start to have stomach pains and, and, and bloating and pains and from hunger and, 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 and all that. And you start to think about it a lot. And you can grab that thought and you can say, flesh, I'm doing this for God. This is for the Lord. Listen to this. This is for my kids. This is for my financial breakthrough. I'm going to miss this meal right now. I'm going to miss this food, and I'm going I'm to do it for my marriage. I'm going to do it for my church. I'm going to do it for the churches all around the world because I want to see a move of God. Amen? Humble ourselves in the presence of the Lord. Daniel 9 verse 3 says, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Again, humility. Mentioning the name Daniel, another fast that's very popular, very uh, done, well done, and, and very good is a Daniel fast. You can look online to figure out what a Daniel fast is. You're cutting out meats. You're doing fruits and vegetables. That's what he did in the book of Daniel when he, when he prayed and fasted. So again, there's many, many, many ways and many, many things to fast. Luke 2.37, she was a widow of about four score and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Isn't that powerful? Night and day she was serving. Night and day she was praying and fasting. And then it says, 
uh, in 1 Corinthians 7, 5, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You know, this is a, this is a chapter that's actually specifically about uh, sexual relations between spouses. Did you know you can fast that? I don't, I, I, I'm try, fighting not making a joke, okay? <laughs> Some spouses are like, we fast a lot. <laughs> are we fasting? <laughs> I, I couldn't resist it, I'm sorry. I tried, I saw me. Hey, God made it, amen? How many married people I have in here that are happy God made it? Married people, Amen. You can fast that. You talk about a powerful fast that, but you're consenting to it. Okay, that's what this, this means. You're consensual to it. <laughs> Matthew 17. She's not even looking at me. She's not even looking at me. Can I? No? I said, I'm gonna, we're going to fast during this. We're going to fast. This. Huh? Oh, move on? Okay, darn it. <laughs> All right. I can't finish it? I already started it. Okay. Well, you can just let your mind go. Matthew 17. Jesus answered and said, here's the last reason why we, last of the reasons I'm going to give you why we, why we fast. Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. There's a boy that's got demons, and they're trying to cast him out, and he won't come out. Jesus rebukes the demon. And it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And the disciples came and said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast that demon out? Why? Now, go back for a second. Just leave it there. This, this is your marriage situation, your financial situation, your kid's situation. Whatever it is you keep fighting against and you can't seem to get the victory over. This is where you say, I've got to fast for this. I've tried everything else, and it hasn't worked. Now, I'm going to take Jesus' word. And he says, as he goes on, why can we cast it out? 20 says, Jesus says, because of your unbelief. I say to you, if, if you have faith of a mustard seed. Does everybody know what a size of a, I have a bottle in my, my, on my desk that it's so small you can't even hardly hold it. And he says, if you have faith that small. In other words, if you have just a string of faith. You can say to that mountain, be moved. And some of you go, God can't. I mean, mountains can't be moved. See, that's your problem. You should never say this can't happen because nothing is impossible for those who believe. It says right there, and that's Jesus. And 21 says, however, this kind, this situation, this thing right here, this devil will only come out by prayer and fasting. There's certain, that's why we fast, because there's some things you're not going to get victory over if you don't fast. That demon's not going to come out. That kid's not going to change. That marriage is not going to be restored. That family member's not going to come around to the Lord. You're not going to see God's revival that you want to see. You're not going to see your life used like you want to be. It's just some things you have to say, okay, I've tried to do this, you know, with these basic things, but now, devil, I'm putting you on notice. We're coming for you. Amen? And we're going we're gonna to believe God for miracles. 
Now, as, as the musicians are coming, I want to give you a powerful testimony to close. I actually have some more stuff I didn't get into. Um, but, you know, Romans, for example, I'll, I'll, fit, I'll f- f- go, go with this on uh, Wednesday. Romans talks about the mind and the power of the flesh and how we have to take control over it. And that's what you're doing in fasting. But I want to give you a testimony, a powerful testimony this morning to lift up your faith for whatever you're believing for. You might be believing for a, he- a healing in your body, again, a marital situation, a child that's backslidden, or a bunch of things. Um, Pastor Jose and Marcella have, Marcella has a, f- a best friend since childhood that got some horrible, horrible news last year. She's just 40 years old. And she got the news that she had stage four uterus cancer. Stage four uterus cancer. That's a death, that's a death sentence. And the doctors basically said, there's nothing we can do. We're going to try to give you chemo to try to prolong your life is all we can do. There's, there's, you're going to die. I don't know what the words were, but it was very straightforward. We wish we could do something, but there's nothing we can do. It's so advanced that you just need to go home and make your preparations. She is a believer, but she's a person that hasn't been as strong as she probably wishes she was. And she began to reach out to Pastor Jose and Marcella, and, and, and Marcella obviously knew, and they just began to pray for her. And so it was just, we've been praying for her. And I th- you might even be praying for her here and not even knowing it through intercessory prayers and I want to tell you something. God is a miracle God. She, she went back to the doctor about six months ago, and there was a small victory because the, the cancer had moved into her lungs. And it was bad in her lungs. And that's what cancer does. It spreads. So that was the last report. She went back six months ago, and that doctor went in and looked, and there was no spot on her lungs anymore. And he was totally blown away, totally amazed. And that was a big step, and I, and, I, and I told Pastor Jose, we're going to believe God now for the rest. Because if God can do one part, he can do the rest. And so we kept believing and praying, and I want to tell you that last week she went to the doctor, and that doctor checked her out, and the doctor said, this doesn't make any sense. There's no explanation. There's nothing in your uterus. You're absolutely, totally healed. Come on. Amen? That's the God we serve. Miracle working God. And she had said in those moments when she began to cry out to God, you know, heal me. If you'll heal me, Lord, I'll serve you. And she kept saying that to Pastor Jose and Marcella. And so the other day I told Pastor Jose, you better remind her what she said. Get her in church. She needs to come serve in your church because that miracle was tied to their prayers because I don't think she was going to church. She'd been bedridden for about a year. So God is able, amen, bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your miracles. Thank you for this opportunity. I don't know about anybody else, but I look at this as an opportunity. Not something that's necessarily fun, but God, if I have the right attitude about it, it can be fun. Because every time I fast, every meal I miss, everything I don't eat, everything I do through this fast is doing something. It's breaking chains. It's moving things in the heavenly realm. It's changing lives. Lord God, I thank you for the power of your word. 
And I believe today, Lord, that we can have that 100-fold return in our lives if we do the giving, the praying, and the fasting with the right attitude. Because every time we fast, we're giving of ourselves. We're giving of our hearts. We're saying, Lord, you're in charge of my life and not me. I'm not my own. Lord, I know without a doubt these next three weeks are going to be hard, but they're going to be amazing, God. And you're going to use this fast to do things that we will look back on at the end of 2023, just like we look back on at the end of 2022 and saw miracles after miracles after miracles. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place, you're watching online, you're listening on the podcast, you're sitting right there in your chair. Do you know Jesus Christ? He loves you more than I could ever explain to you. He has a purpose and a plan for you. He came down from heaven and died on the cross for your sins so you could have relationship with him. How many all over this place this morning could say, Pastor, I don't know the Jesus you're talking about, but I want to. I don't want to know religion anymore. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to become a new creation. That's me, Jesus. Here I am. Just lift up your hand all over this place. Just put it up. Put it right back down. I want to pray with you. You know, you know where you're at. I don't know where you're at. God knows where you're at. Say, Lord, look, look at me today. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Just put it up. That's me. Today's the day of your salvation. Today's the acceptable day of the Lord. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord, but you're not living the life God wants you to live. You're, you've kind of gone back into some old, old habits. You've kind of strayed away. Maybe it's like revelation. Your love is not your first love anymore. You're not hot or cold. You're kind of lukewarm. You get hot again today. Today is the day. It's a new year. Last week, week we talked about a fresh start. I'm going to ask everyone to stand all across this place, and we're going to say a prayer with those that are watching online, those that are listening on the podcast that, that um, where's Sydney at? Everybody look at Sydney back there. I don't know if she can, I don't think we can get her on the camera. Sydney is so awesome because she is, you may have heard me tell the testimony, she is a testimony of our podcast and live stream from Alaska. She she got saved through Margie telling her about, and I'm just telling what I know. I could be wrong, but I think I'm pretty right. Margie, which was out of Pastor Mario and uh, Deanza's church in Phoenix and who loves our church and watches all the time online, probably watching right now. Margie told her, they worked together, and Margie told her about our podcast and our live stream and she began to watch it, and she gave her life to Jesus on that podcast, on that live stream. Amen? And now she moved here. She, she moved here to be in our church. That's pretty amazing. Amen. What a miracle. God, God's, uh, I mean, to me, I say it all the time, if, if it was just for her. If we open this church, if we did a, a, a podcast, a live stream, if we put all that t- stuff together, 
it was for her. One person is worth it all. One soul. Do y'all believe that? Amen. Let's pray for those that might be watching right now like Sydney, and say this prayer with them that they could be saved. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy and your grace that you love me so much that you would speak to me right now through this TV or through this radio. I'm sorry for all my sins. I recognize that I need a Savior. Jesus, please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean from all my mistakes. Make me a new creation. I feel your presence. I feel your spirit. I feel your love. Change me today by the power of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.